0: Kelly is a highly sensitive person, but what is an HSP? How did Kelly discover this about herself? How does this label impact her life? And how did she change her business to create more balance? We talk through these questions and so much more in today's conversation. For links and related episodes, check out the show notes on balancingstories.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter for bonus content free of course, and if you like what you hear and you'd like to support me, you can leave a tip through Buy Me a Coffee, link on the website. But let's go ahead and start the conversation. I'm Megan Kitchen, and this is Balancing Stories. Okay, so welcome, Kelly, to Balancing Stories. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well, but I... I'm so happy to have you here because even though I say I'm doing well, I am having a a high stress, high emotion, high everything time of life right now with a a move and renovation. And so I'm really interested to talk to you because you work with people who identify as highly sensitive people. We're going to call them HSPs for the rest of the conversation. And I'm interested to hear how they handle things through life and business, because I can use all the tips I could get at this point. So thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having
1: me. I'm so excited to share a little bit about HSP and my HSP journey and how that works in my life and business. Well, let's talk quickly about what is this? Yeah, so the trait highly sensitive person um, was first sort of studied and researched by Elaine Aaron. In the psychology field, uh, HSP is actually called sensory processing sensitivity. It is not a diagnosable a type of illness, something like that is a personality trait. Okay. What that means is that you are going to have particular ways of being your personality is going to be influenced by what is actually a a difference in the chemical makeup of your brain. Mm -hmm and it is genetic, it's passed down. There's about 15 to 20% of the population and it's actually found in the animal kingdom as well. 15 to 20% of the animal kingdom would also be considered HSP. Um, people that are highly sensitive, there's actually four ways to sort of look at them. They, ha- they have a higher depth of processing. So this might be an easy word for that as like overthinking, right? But they're, pro- they're taking in stimuli and processing it at a deeper level. So if you're the kind of person who enters a room and before you go to your seat, you look through everything and you collect it all, process the thought and then take the action, you're much more likely to be a highly sensitive person. These are other things like you saw a person's you know you saw the way their eyes responded to something you said and then you apply some kind of meaning to that right there's a depth of processing there it takes you you think deeper longer things like that the second one um would be you are easily overstimulated Overstimulation can feel like overwhelm, but overstimulated could also be I'm listening to wonderful music and I can feel the hair on my arms stand up. Or mm. it can be like I am very overstimulated by an environment with lots of people, or even situations where the sound is too loud, right? Things like that. Um, Then the next is empathic. So um, you are highly empathic, meaning you're picking up on the energies and the things that are going on around you. And you're much more likely to pick up on someone else's emotions or feel what they're feeling, things like that. And the last one is that you sense subtleties. So mm. someone's eye twitches and you're like, "Ooh, I saw that, you know, or um, you sense something small, you know, when you were a kid, ever, anybody ever play those like side by side comparisons? What's different about this picture? Right. And I was like, always really good at those things because I could easily see the, the, you know, this one tiny little thing over here is different. This might show up in, in the way that you uh, work with people, you sense the way that they change. It could also be something as small as like a one degree temperature change in your air conditioning and now you're chilly, right? So things like that, you just sense the subtleties of the environment around you. Of course, there's a lot more. You can take a quiz for entrepreneurs. You can take a quiz on my website or you can also do it with the SPS scale or you can also take a quiz on hsperson.com. That's uh, Elaine's website. And she has a list there of, you know, a sort of a checklist uh, of ways that you can discover For me, um, it shows up in like, ever. I'm literally check, check, check. The only thing I don't have on the HSP scale is uh, caffeine sensitivity, but I grew up with soda as a kid, so I probably just, my body's just probably used to it. But um, so it just depends on where you are in the scale, how deeply and um, intuitively you feel those sensitivities Or in some areas, you're more sensitive than others. And it really depends. But you're going to see this kind of live out in your life in ways where maybe you intentionally do things on the off-peak on purpose because overwhelming crowds are too much for you or maybe you you know like you've sort of already started building these things into your life to cope with your sensitivity you just don't know you're doing it and so this really draws to awareness what it is and so you can very easily see especially in my children I'll notice what when they're starting to behave in they're overstimulated, or you know, things that can be calmed, or uh, or ways that I've overdone things in my business, or how they're not aligned with my sensitivities, and that really starts to make more sense. And you can really accept sensitivity for what it is, and be okay with it, and move on with your life, and sort of reset is the word I use. You sort of reset your life to to match and align with your sensitivities.
0: Do HSPs ever through their kind of life? before they identify as HSP? Is there overlap with other diagnoses and characteristics? Because I'm hearing a lot of things that could be, oh, he's an introvert, or she has ADHD. Are there common either misconceptions, overlaps, or misdiagnoses that happen with this? I am going to answer the question from a lay
1: person's perspective because I am not a therapist. Yes. Um, I'm a business consultant, so but I will tell you my own experience and also what I've read. You know the word comorbid, right? So like, um, you have this disease and it probably caused you to have this problem. Um, I would say, this is my opinion, my opinion is that HSP is like a spectrum, right? So it depends on where your dial is based on sort of like how sensitive you are to things, how much you have, your experiences have made you more or less sensitive, the things that you've encountered in your life. I would be HSP and introverted. And actually I think it's something like 60 to 70% of all HSPs would call themselves introverted. Mm -hmm. Now introvert is actually a word that's more popular than highly sensitive, but the The question then becomes, is the word introvert actually highly sensitive? Or, you know, are you both? Right? So the concept around this is really like just the way that you define it. I would say that one thing typically is the um, antidote for the problem. So I'm highly sensitive. So it's easier for me to be an introvert. Mm. So I find myself being an introvert because I'm highly sensitive. For example, my son, when he was in kindergarten, um, was diagnosed with ADHD PI, which means that he is ADHD predominantly inattentive, which means that he doesn't have all of the same characteristics of what would be called ADHD C, combined type, meaning that they have hyperactivity and all of those things, right? Basically, what that means is he's more squirrel-like, right? Like he sees something and he moves on to something else. His brain doesn't settle and focus on one thing. But let me say my son is almost 20 and I've spent a whole life doing things like homeschooling and trying to make the environment work best for him. And then I learned about HSP and realized okay, what if I had had that information back then? Maybe what he's actually dealing with is more like HSP and an environment that overstimulates him and he's very sensitive. Mm. So I can see how some people in their personal development journey might put all those things together. But I definitely think that more studies need to be done. And honestly, um, as far as HSP is concerned, most of the studies have been done as it related to... Uh, like introversion or personality disorders. It's only until recently and even sort of the um, idea of holistic psychology, right? That has really even brought HSP into sort of the research realm as it relates to introversion and personality. So it's such a, it's an old concept, but it's a budding sort of way of looking at life. For me, Personally, knowing this is like, a, it's like magic. I, I'm i so excited that I have this sort of understanding as to why I exist in the world the way that
0: I do. That was going to be my next question because I work in learning support, academic support. I'm an international school teacher and we get a lot of families that come through because a child has been red flagged because of a hundred things, a hundred different things. Mm-hmm. And we decide, okay, let's get them tested. And there are some people who fear a diagnosis because it's a label. But then there's also the other side where the diagnosis is like the key to the lock. The diagnosis helps this child finally understand why they felt different. And then we can start talking, what are the strategies we can put in place so that you can feel your best? And how can we help you feel most successful in that place by creating more strategies in line with your diagnosis. Did you feel a similar kind of key in the lock moment when you discovered HSP?
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting way to say that. Um, So for me, when I started, when I looked at it for myself, what I was able to see is the way my coping mechanisms and Mm. that the reason why I was, because you know, that's the search. Everyone's on this search for why am I the way that I am? Why do I feel this way? Why doesn't everyone process like me? What's wrong with me? Why can't I exist and operate in a way that everyone else does or whatever? Whatever Why is this overwhelming? Exactly. What I was able to see and draw awareness to was the way that I had used coping mechanisms in my life to sort of make life simpler for myself. And I also could see where when, let's say, for example, my coping mechanisms weren't being honored or recognized or pushed, I was being pushed out of my boundaries, that I was where I saw these sort of roadblocks in my life and, you know, things that weren't working. It, it was really clear for me, like, oh, well, that's why that happened. Or that's why my kid does this thing. Or that's why, you know, it was very simple to kind of like see them and draw them into awareness and say, okay, I see why I'm doing that. And I can see how to fix it and how to change the way that I'm sort of managing life and and instead of making things a coping mechanism i do this to solve this problem i can actually turn it into a lifestyle choice this is i choose to live this way for this reason and Mm. that really when you do that it completely changes your conversation with Yourself with the environment you live in, with the people that you live with, right? And you can help to sort of put words. Now, I want to be really clear here that we don't want to take on HSP and then be a victim and say, "Oh, well, you know, I'm highly sensitive, so your behavior is bad." This, you know, this is where I, I was
0: going to go with it too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, come on, we can't do that. But what we can say is, hey, this. Situation isn't right for me, and I'm going to take responsibility for myself and make changes for myself, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the power really is in accepting our sensitivity for the for. And you know, a lot of people say your sensitivity is your superpower, but I actually think that your sensitivity is like your mirror, and it's oh. like, hey this is about you. This is about you. I can't turn around and say to my partner, well, I'm sensitive. So you have to change. Mm -hmm. You are going to say I'm sensitive. So I have to change my environment and I have to do things that are better for me. And so these are the boundaries and the things that I need to do to take care of the person in the mirror.
0: I like that. You said that you, what was formerly a coping mechanism, what turned into, okay, purposeful lifestyle changes, strategies, And it makes me think of instead of like fighting the fires as they come, that you're putting prevention in place so that you don't have them in the first place. You're not stumbling through life. You get to live almost more freely by putting those boundaries, healthy boundaries up and having these scaffolds in place that help you move more clearly through your space. Yeah.
1: And, and um, honestly, the thing that I always talk about is that, that we're looking for balance, right? We're looking oh, for balance and balance about that. Is inner peace. Right. And so that balance now balance is like this elusive thing, but I look at balance as like a pendulum, right? So sometimes I'm going to swing to this and life does get busy. Like I'm in a busy period of my life right now. So are you, right? So life gets busy. So your pendulum can swing, you know, back and forth. And then there's going to be times that things are really slow and you're able to really do the hugo lifestyle and live the way you want to li- like and pretend like nothing ever gets busy again. But the real goal is that when I'm in when I'm in that busy mode, I have a coping, I have a tool, I have a way to know what balance feels like. And I know what to do to get back to that place Mm -hmm. instead of just like pushing to the point that your pendulum just cannot even, you know, like it's stuck past the go marker, you know, where you're completely avoiding life and you're in this depressive mode, right? Where it's like constantly and I feel like it's that constant reminder of inner peace, knowing knowing what inner peace feels like that brings you back to balance, right? Because mm. in the middle of a moment, I call them resets. In the middle of a stressful moment or an overstimulated moment, I can take five minutes and scan my energy and reset myself, right? And go back into whatever I was doing and find that little piece of balance and inner peace And then move on with my day. but And sometimes that might take me a day. And sometimes it might take me a whole month to reset my business or reset my home, to declutter my kitchen. Whatever the thing is, that's causing me to have these kind of overstimulations or understimulations. Understimulations, guys, are just as bad. (laughs) Like, you know, when you're laying in your bed and you won't do anything because you're completely just just like you can't move, then that's also an under an issue with your pendulum, right? And you're looking for balance of getting up and moving and taking care of yourself and all those things. So it really goes both ways.
0: I just want to say that I appreciate that you mentioned it could be five minutes. It could be a month because I think a lot of us are looking for, okay, I know what's wrong. I've made these strategies. I know what my inner peace feels like. Let's get back to it. Snap. Let's go. No. And it doesn't always work that way.
1: I'm a person who often has the mindset of like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but sometimes, sometimes you got to build the boot, right? Like you got to know what the boot is and build the boot before you can pull it up. Right. So like it, i mean i spent a a two years or almost a full year resetting my business Mm. um but then just recently my dad passed away and so i spent a couple of months resetting my life like what does life look like now um and what does what how do i feel and just letting grief happen and that was several months but then i could also be a day where i'm like dude everything's a disaster i need to just take a day and just reset myself like Mm. resetting and and getting back into balance is uh, is a, a daily momentary everything practice in which you're constantly looking at how your pendulum is swinging and saying I can find balance and inner peace right now um, and that sort of to me is, this, the power of knowing that I'm sensitive and understanding why environments make me feel that way and allowing myself a certain amount of exposure to something that swings my pendulum one way or stepping out of it and saying, OK, now that's done. I can find balance. Right. Like yeah. we we get to choose that we get to we have that power when we understand what overstimulates us or what causes us to have these overwhelming emotions or what causes this pendulum to swing whichever way it's going
0: to swing. So I got to bring it back then and ask, well, how did you, how did you realize this about yourself?
1: (laughs) It's kind of funny because in 2019, I really started my own personal development journey and my own spiritual journey. Right. And so through a spiritual journey, any, any spiritual journey, You start to notice things about yourself. You start to notice kind of the way that you've been doing. You start to deconstruct any other additional faith structures or whatever, you know. And so things start to fall away.
0: Preconceived notions, all the things.
1: All the things. And things start to fall away. Things that you thought belonged to you, friendships, relationships, all of those kind of things. They just start to kind of like trickle away from you. And you're like, what happened here? And you sort of find yourself in this like the ugly part of your. Spiritual awakening, right? And um and I knew that something was wrong with my business. I knew that that I didn't feel normal in the world that I existed in. I knew that I was overextending. I knew that I was overachieving. I didn't know how to get out or not get out, but I didn't know how to reset, you know, overwhelmed by your own creation, right? I didn't know what to do. I did this. I created this. I created this huge business. I created this stuff. Um, I should love it. I created it. <laughs> like, And I didn't know how to get out of it. Um, and so I think in, in that moment in my life, I was walking through a bookstore, through my spiritual process, I realized that I like to read. I never let myself read because I was always too busy doing other things. And, And so I sort of allowed myself to read. So I was walking through a bookstore. And of course, like, I don't know what your favorite is. But here, you know, the Barnes and Noble has this whole section of like eight or $5 books or whatever. And so for me, it's always a fun thing to just walk through and see if anything piques my interest. And I happened to see a book on the shelf that said the handbook for highly sensitive people. And I was like, huh what does that mean and I was like that sounds like me that was my first thought and so I picked up the book I just opened it up really quick and I just there's like a little checklist in the first within the first paragraph and I was like like check 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 so of course i bought the book i brought it home and i devoured that book and then the next book and then the next one and i just i literally never stopped buying books i'm still you know reading on high sensitivity and introversion and all those things and what's fascinating to me about this the whole thing is that it was it was immediate it wasn't even like and all of a sudden as i'm reading about high sensitivity i i saw everything i could see it in a different way like oh my gosh that's why i do what i do and that's why and so i sort of answered the what's wrong with me question that wasn't making sense in my business why couldn't i be this thing that everyone wanted to meet me to be or why couldn't i follow the $3,500 course I bought where it just felt so weird. Like what is wrong with me? Like that I cannot do these. And I'm like, internally, this marketing tactic is icky. Like I I didn't know what was wrong. I just knew I needed to do it differently. And I didn't know what I just always thought I was a renegade or I was a misbehavior or rebellious or, you know, or like or I just had a better idea. I, you know, you, you range from like, oh, it's just I'm better or that I'm terrible or, you know, and you just don't really know. And this really put like a cap on understanding it. And then I started to survey my clients. And I'm like, oh, hey, this is. And I realized that all of my clients, the majority of my clients were also HSP. So I had already been attracting these people. They were all in my life. Over 80% of my clients were also HSP's. They go to seek help because they don't understand what's going on with them, mm. right? That change in understanding that helped me to reset and rebuild my business in a different way where I just put a pin on it and said, okay, this is exactly what I do and who I do it for. And we still talk about business things, right? I'm still helping yeah. you build your business and build your offers, but we're doing it with a lens that says, how does this match your sensitivity? And and that it just it's a it's a game changer for the possibilities for business owners specifically and for families and everything for the way that you live your life. It can completely change how you operate every single day and creates these pockets of peace and, you know, this focus on balance, you know, and so it changes everything about how you live your life and how you work and
0: how you operate just day to day so you went from being a business coach to being a business coach who specializes in supporting highly sensitive people Mm -hmm. yeah and what did that what did you actually change about either your approach your business or the things that you do to kind of move that target
1: what's really it's a funny question because Um, what I changed wasn't for the entrepreneur. What I changed was for me. Oh, tell me. So I changed my business completely. I changed the structure of my business completely, but I didn't do it for other people. I did it for me. And, and I changed, I reset the business in a way that I wanted to show up right? So mm. in my past businesses, I was very visible. I had a large group. I had a large following. I had a large subscribers list. I had a membership. I had a course. I was doing one-on-one consulting. I was traveling and speaking. Um, I was doing it all, all the octopus. Of all the business, things. Right? right? I was doing And by all intents and purposes, it was a successful business. I was going to say- by, From an outside
0: perspective, you listing all those things, every other entrepreneur I know would go, wow, she's made it.
1: Oh, absolutely. And people would send me messages and say, how do you get it all done? Like, how are you able to do this, right? And what they didn't know is that, yeah, I was getting it done, but internally I felt like I was overextended. I was over, I didn't know what was wrong. I didn't know how to you know, and I don't want to repeat everything I said, but at that point in my business, I realized there were a few things I actually really enjoyed doing, right? Mm. A person who's empathic and highly sensitive, they're fabulous leaders. They're fabulous coaches, consultants. They're, they're you know, considered the wise one, right? Because they can sense the subtleties in a situation, ask the big questions and get sort of to the point of the issue and then build around the, the right solution. I'm a great consultant as a result of those things, right? Um, what I'm not so great at is remembering to upload the video to the membership group, right? And so those kinds of things were always these like constant stressors. And, and yes, they can be outsourced, but as an energetic person, I never truly outsourced them, right? I outsourced them action-wise, but not energetically. They were still something that I'm checking. Did you double, did you do this? Did you blah, 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 Okay. And so what I did when I reset my business is I did a massive reset. I want to be clear that like you can do small things. You can change one small thing. That's still a reset. Mine was complete deconstruction, you know, a complete movement. So I changed all of my offers. I closed my courses. I closed my memberships. I deleted my mailing list. I did like I completely decluttered. And what I did is I spent time looking at how do I want to work with people? right what are how do i want to show up what works for me how do how am i in the best in the situation and i had this thing that we called the resource center. And so I sort of reframed it. Um, I really like nurturing people, but I wanted to nurture people in a paid environment. And so we created the Reset Center, but we only put a one-time payment on it. So you can access it at any time, but you only pay it one time. And that way, as I nurture you and you want to take on more things like reset sessions or you know, reset days, things like that, then you're already there. You're already being nurtured, but I'm not putting all this energy and, you know, free things out into the universe that are coming back and energetically sucking you away from your actual goal. This really allows me to spend my time and energy doing the things that actually I want to do. And I want to spend time with my clients doing, and it's really set this whole new approach. And yeah, it's different. I get it. You know, I don't do live launches and there's no open, closed courses. And it, it's a way that I can operate and energetically give to the business while also setting boundaries for myself and allowing myself to flow. And that's just how I've um, sort of rewritten the rules for myself. Um, and it's definitely changed how much time and energy I put into things because before I felt like I'd never had enough time. And now I'm like, okay, if I don't have more to do, it's okay. I, I don't, I don't need to do more. You know, you can't, and that comes with trusting obviously that the right thing will come to you at the right time and changing my approach to marketing instead of looking at statistics all the time and open and close and unsubscribes. I'm literally just telling stories and hoping yeah. that it connects. And when they're ready, they'll come. It is, And you have to learn to go, it's going to be okay. And, and take those mountains and valleys and speed up and slow down for what they are and find balance in both Places,
0: all the places. All the places. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nice to hear you as an entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur say, I cut back. And if I'm not busy, that's okay. I think, especially from the North American perspective, which is where you are, mm-hmm. um, there's a pressure that if you want to be successful, you got to be. You know up at 5 a.m. you gotta push, push, push. Otherwise you're not trying hard enough. Yeah, the
1: hustle culture. Mm-hmm. I
0: don't think that's good for anyone. No. I think it's especially if you're identifying as a highly sensitive person, at an HSP, or a variety of other characteristics and things that you can identify as, you need to know is this best for me? Mm-hmm. Am I really living my life? It is really
1: interesting. Um I've done a significant amount of study and understanding um, not just how highly sensitive people behave in business, but how most people, personality traits behave in business. Yeah. So really, when we look at it from the perspective of how do you find that balance, it's when you allow yourself to realize that neither way is good. Pushing, mm-hmm. hustling isn't good and avoiding isn't good either. The The speed at which we walk even um, continues to increase as life gets more demanding. And we don't even know how to slow it down. We don't know. We don't know how to bring ourselves back to that place of balance. And so that's why when we have these conversations, we're always searching for balance. But balance can only be found when we allow ourselves to agree to inner peace. It really is that simple. It sounds It's complicated and simple,
0: <laughs> right? And do you feel personally, when you picked up that book in a random Barnes & Noble on a random day, And you found HSP and you identified it and you went, whoa, that's me. Was that you really finding your inner peace? That's a great question.
1: And the answer to that is actually no. Tell me more. Because it it was long before that. It was actually 2019 in the fall when I sat down, it was a sort of crispy fall day outside and I made some harvest tea and I sat down in a chair and I could see the red leaves falling from my tree. Exactly. And my house was clean, right? The kids were all doing their own thing. And it was sort of one of those idyllic situations, right? But internally, I was a mess. My business was sort of like exhausted. It was sort of like I knew everything kind of wasn't right, right? And I sat down and I remember starting to think about this and I just felt this, Severe inner peace. It was just like everything's okay. It's going to be okay. It is. It just is, Kelly. It is what it is. And what becomes of it is what becomes of it. And so I felt inner peace long before I ever learned about HSP. And what I think the key to that is, and I was literally just talking about this the other day, is that we often think that inner peace is external, right? Well, I feel peace when I go to the beach. I feel peace when my house is clean. I feel peace when my bills are paid. And so we relate peace to some kind of external thing. And in that moment, nothing was perfect. Everything was still blowing up. But inside, I could feel peace. Everything was going to be okay. Now, depending on what your religious or spiritual associations are, you could att- you could attest that to God. You could attest that to the universe or source or whatever it is you feel. But at some point, you have to release and surrender and say, I can feel peace now, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing. And of course, I had been doing things like meditating and all kinds of other work to get to that point. But once I knew what that felt like, then it was almost like the doors opened for the information that I needed. Right. Mm. It was at that point that the information started to come in and and make sense in a different way. And NHSP came as a result of sort of being willing to surrender to whatever it was. I'll be perfectly honest. Prior to that, if I had seen that book, I probably would have passed it by because I am a strong human, right? Like mm. I'm a strong woman. I, people would say I have a presence when I enter a room, but I'm actually incredibly sensitive. Strong is just my click on, you know, dress up dress. Like, you know, like the little animal, like as a doll, you click on the dress, the paper on the doll. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and mine is like I have this sort of free trait. I can say okay, I'm going to click this on right now. And mm. I would u- I use that as a way to sort of shield myself from my sensitivity. So my outward persona, my free trait persona is strong. People would call me strong, outgoing, you know, and all of these other words that are opposite to my actual personality. So I would have passed by it because that is not who I identified as. It was the process of, you know, saying, hey, something's got to change and I'm willing to surrender to what Mm -hmm. that is. And I can find peace now that I was able to put myself in a position to allow the right information to come into my path. Does that make sense?
0: It makes complete sense. I just had, I was on another podcast, as a result of an episode I did where I mentioned this thing, open the door. Leave yourself open to things that can come, but also don't have an expectation of what's to come. Yeah. Yeah? Just leave yourself open to it and you never know. Say hi to people, start conversations, talk about the things you need from life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it sounds like you, through the process of saying, okay, something doesn't feel right. I'm going to start mindfulness, meditation. I'm going to be seeking. You just opened that door more and more and more. And so then randomly walking through a bookshop, you were ready to see this book and to to see yourself. Because going back to what you said at the beginning, it's a mirror.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a mirror. And what's, what's interesting is, I mean, there's a lot of people that will find HSP in different ways and they're like, oh, I don't want to be sensitive. For me, it was like, oh, and I'm not a labels person. I don't love labels. I'll admit. like That's another question. Yeah. Don't label me. And HSP is a label, you know, that we're accepting. I don't really love labels, but I'll say this. For me, it didn't feel like a negative label. It felt like an explanation. It felt like, oh, that makes more sense. And there, if you can go into it, there's a blog post on my website, too, that like goes through the actual science and how the brain works. The concept of like, oh, I understand now that the genetic makeup of my brain is different. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's why you respond to things in a certain way. I mean, most sensitive kids will have been raised with parents that tell them that they're too sensitive. For me, it was dramatic, extra, right? Like yeah. what we call extra now, extra started to become a word. Um, I was always considered dramatic diva drama queen right like and so i was always over the top of of things right and so um i spend a lot of my time identifying with that oh i'm just too dramatic or i have these feelings that are over the top and then you pair that with the things that you're perceiving from your environment that come as part of being a highly sensitive person and you know when somebody doesn't like you, or you know, when they don't like what you just said, or whatever, I can perceive all of those things, I can, I can pick them up in an instant. And so I often take actions in a way that other people don't, that will either protect myself from situations, or whatever. And that is a completely different approach to just going through life sort of blind, Yeah, you know, not knowing what I'm doing, I know what I'm doing, I now know. So it's more, To me, it's more like the label was worth it for the understanding that came with it. Yeah. It really is not, to me, it's not something that I'm afraid to say, because if you really want to know me, you need to know that about me. You need to know you can't side-eye me. I'll know. I'll see it. (laughs) You know, like you need to know that I don't I have I've always said I don't like to go to bars and people just thought I was prude or whatever. And I'm like, I I don't like bars because you have to scream at someone to talk to them. I'd rather have a conversation with you over dinner or something like that. Like, I don't like those things. So I'm not going to go to that concert with you. That's not fun for me. That's not enjoyable. Instead of saying, oh, it's just not really my scene, you know, or I say things like, oh, that's just way too much for me. As you know, like how about dinner? <laughs> you know, yeah. I can be really clear about what it is I want. So that label to me helps other people understand know how to understand me too.
0: Yeah, I think it's so great that, and I I would encourage people, and I'm I know that you encourage people that if you are a particular way, yeah, HSP or whatever else, that you help people understand that. And then that enriches the relationship you have with that person. It enriches the relationship you have with yourself because then you don't have to negotiate about, oh, what should we do or how can we communicate with each other? It's much clearer. Yeah. And ultimately,
1: you cannot make someone else accept that particular thing about you. You can't, yeah. and if you come at it from a victim approach, for sure, like, no, you can't make me do that. I'm highly sensitive. I, can't, <laughs> I can not even say that without laughing because it's so, you know, and I know that people do it. Um, we see that a lot in all kinds of subtypes, right? Yeah. But what we're actually doing in this situation is saying that I can advocate for myself in a different way than I would have before. There it is. Right. And yeah. and not saying that no, I'm not saying that you need to change or you I can say, you know what, I am not very comfortable going to that festival, but I love festival food. So would you be OK if we just went and got some food and then we went and ate it at the park? Right. That's a great balance. It's a great way to say what I want, but also give them what they want or say, you know, what, go ahead without me. I'll meet you there for lunch. Yeah go to lunch, and then leave. That's about me, though. That has nothing to do with making someone else feel like they have to accommodate me as a highly sensitive person. And that's how I look at it in business and, and parenting and in you know my home and all of those things. I just make my life represent what works for me. And everyone else can, you know, I don't have to change you. I can just work on me.
0: I can just work on me.
1: Does it work on me? And yeah. and when you feel triggers, or when you notice your your overstimulation, or you notice your sensitivity flaring up, you can just be like, "Hey,
0: why? That what's what's going on inside of me? What's going on inside of me?" Yeah, I think that's a great thing to question. What's going on inside of me? And then I, it's, it's never anything else.
1: It's never your business sucks. It's never your family sucks. Your spouse sucks. It's, it's never your kids' fault. It's always what's going on inside of me. Yeah, and then I can go from there to to change or rebalance or reset or whatever.
0: Would you encourage everyone to go kind of on a self identification journey? Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, I think that the entire universe needs to be more curious.
0: Yeah, in general,
1: I think we need to be a more curious people. Um, I think that curiosity would cause would solve a lot of our divides and understanding of why do you feel that way? Why mm-hmm. is that important to you? And our lack of curiosity, it, this is my opinion, our lack of curiosity is likely a response to our drive to fit in, right? Because if we're trying to fit in, we cannot get curious about anything else because that others us. So this is why people have these so cool hobbies that they hide. And then they go online and they play their didgeridoo on TikTok and go viral, right? Like these are the kinds of things that are happening. It's because that person decides to be weird or decides to live out what they are that all of a sudden everyone's like, yeah, I'm weird too, you know? And so it's the curiosity of finding out what your weird is that really will allow you then to accept all kinds of other types of weird
0: I love that. We've come up with so many good, like, tote bag phrases. (laughs) There there we go. That I almost feel we need to start just like a t shirt line. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That's right.
0: (laughs) Well, I appreciate you so much for coming on and talking to me about highly sensitive people. We'll make sure to link everything in the show notes that we've mentioned today and maybe some book recommendations from you since you're a reader now. Uh, (laughs) Along with everywhere we can find Kelly, where can we find you? Yeah, so my website is a great
1: place. It's kellydob.com, two A's in my last name. And then um, you can also find me on Instagram. It's under the highly sensitive CEO, where I spend the most of my time. um, And then everything that we do offer, the Reset Center that we talked about, it's all on our website. So you can find it there.
0: Well, thank you again for joining me. And I hope you have a lovely day.
1: Thank you so much for having me
0: a big thank you to kelly for sharing her story and letting us know more about the power of a reset for more about hsps and resources from kelly check out the show notes on balancingstories.com. and if you like what you've heard and you want to support me you can leave a tip through buy me a coffee link on the website thank you for listening this was balancing stories and i'm Megan Kitchen